Hey, this is Danny Heifetz from the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. For all your fantasy football needs, check out the Ringer Fantasy Football Show with me, Craig Horlbeck, and Danny Kelly. That's the Ringer Fantasy Football Show on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car, Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. All right, take two. <laughs> uh, it's always a good start to a show when you realize like it's gone off the rails in the first couple minutes and you have to redo the show. It's rare I ask to redo it too. I Normally actually, I'm like, I'm just okay leave, the, leave the car on fire. <laughs> let people watch it burn. Yeah, but. No, I, not today. I, I think today it's for the best. I'm not trying to have a more stressful week than we need to have. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'm all about that. Um, did you have a nice weekend overall? We've you, already. So I can't. So I can't go back to that now. We oh, I don't right want to talk about. It. I just want to get, talk. Now about. we should get right into the topics. No. Nope. <laughs> Did you watch any good movies? Any TV shows? Any good football? Started watching Blockbuster on. I don't know what's. Oh, on, you actually. actually were watching that with your wife. It's terrible. Oh, okay. Because yeah. she seemed to enjoy that show. It and you that didn't show. Say should, that show should be shut down, just like Blockbuster <laughs> was. So bad. The newest uh, TV show, Blockbuster, straight from the late nineties. No, thank you. I don't know how you guys are. I thought that show's already canceled. It might be. It's on Netflix. I don't know yeah. if it's like happening still. Okay. No. It happened terrible. to you is what I'm hearing. You did not enjoy that show. That's no, fine. I it's hard for me to watch comedies. Most of these are not funny. What is your favorite comedy movie? I don't know if we've ever really talked about that. Because you have me your and favorite. Hannah brought this up. The, I actually brought this up because I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about their top comedies of all time. Uh-huh. And all of mine are from when I was much younger. And they're all yeah. like. <laughs> terrible movies. So, oh, yeah. Nothing I literally can't mention it. There's not a single one that's appropriate that I can now mention as that, a father of a child who might hear this one day. Okay. Um, I don't think there was a single clean one. Like Tommy Boy. Like that was a... Oh, a, oh, oh. Actually, you know what? That's fair. So I've always... Con- I go against the flow here. Yeah. I go... I am, in this instance, a black sheep. I think black sheep was better than Tommy you Boy. You thought of black sheep? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So I like black sheep. That's actually an appropriate one. Okay. Uh my favorite Sandler movie of all time, and I also happen to think it's one of the funniest. You know what that is? You're not going to get it. I, I bet you it's not even in your top three. Billy Madison would probably be my favorite, okay. and then Happy Gilmore. If you had to guess what my favorite is, though. Your favorite yep. ever. Um, you might get it. I don't know. Actually, oh, okay. I have no idea. I'm going to go out. Uh, Airheads. That's my guess. 
What? I don't even know what that is. Oh, that's a, okay. That's a, that's a Billy Madison movie? I mean, it's uh, an Adam Sandler. Sandler. He's not the star. He's like a co-star with um, the Strike Brendan one. Fraser. Next. I, I just, I'm trying to go way off okay, board. Well, you yeah, I don't know what you would be if it's not Happy Go. Mainstream. It is a mainstream Waterboy. No. Oh, man. I don't know. Waterboy, one of the few I don't like. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's one Billy of my Billy Madison's my, a top three, top five for me. Sure. Okay. And another Adam Sandler movie from the 90s, though. From his hot streak. Hot this streak. Crap. Oh, man. Carlos, what am I not thinking of? Are you thinking of something that I have not mentioned? I, I mean, would... you're missing some big boys here. <sighs> I mean, there's little Nicky. Uh, what, what not else a little Nicky fan. Yeah, I can, I can imagine. Um, Carlos, are you not a, Well, Carlos is. Are you I'm, 12 well, years I'm, younger than us? Yeah, I was going to say, I'm very, like, that's your guys are talking about from a different, like, generation, oh, so I, I just don't know. Yeah, that's, that's, that's sad. Uh, yeah, that is kind of sad. That's oh, upsetting God. a little bit. Um, 51st Day. Oh, wait, what's another Boston-related uh, Adam Sandler movie? Isn't there? I'll tell you my other two tops. Mr. Deeds would be number two for me. Dang it, of How'd course, Mr. Deeds. And the other one. Tell me. I can't get it. Oh, John Stewart is in it. Oh, uh, Big Daddy. That's my favorite Sandler movie. I think That's it's hilarious. That's a great movie. Yeah, it is really. I live my life like he lives in that, like Sonny does. Didn't you just recently watch The Wedding Singer for the first time? No, no, not for the first time, but I just recently enjoyed it for the first time. Oh, okay. okay Wedding okay. Singer's not bad, but I'm going to give me Big Daddy, Deeds, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore. Okay, fair enough. Those are all solid But Big films. Daddy, far and away my favorite. The fact that you didn't say like uh, Jack and Jill or Blended or something oh, like that. Oh, I don't that. believe anything after 1999 <laughs> of his work. Non-QB, buy, sell, hold. Let's give him some sort of substance here. All right. Very first one, Christian McCaffrey. I feel like we have to just name him because he's one of the best non- I have to pick a buy, sell, hold. Uh, hold. Great team struggling. If he's dipped enough, you might even buy him. But I'm a... I'm a I'm a buy slash hold because I think the Niners are still great. And I actually think Purdy, they're going to be fine despite the fact that he's played terribly. Okay, good. I'm, I would hope that would have been your answer. Um, all right. How about Tyreek Hill? I wonder with Miami. I watched that whole game yesterday in Frankfurt. That's in Germany. It's a country. You've heard of it. Never heard of it. Um, Tyreek is awesome. I don't know how far that team's going to go. Although that was a close game. It's just, they start off so pathetic Man, here's the only thing. I almost think real could, close in that game. I almost think you could sell him right now because he's super high because he's had a crazy start to the season, and then buy him back in two months. I, I think I might even. I, I think I might sell him right now. I would encourage you to sell him right now. He is like at an all time. Well, I shouldn't say all time. Six month high. Um, he's currently selling at like ninety or what is it? Two hundred sixty two dollars for his Prism Silver PSA ten. As he should. I mean, he's been unbelievable this year. The team is now six and three. Playing very well, almost came back into Chiefs yesterday, and he's had an, uh, like a historic start. But at some point, I, I worry about the quarterback there staying healthy, and they have a fairly difficult second half. So, uh, Nick Chubb. Yeah, it was weird you brought him. I wouldn't buy him for. I mean, don't do anything with him for six months. That's why I yeah, brought his him knee is just because he yeah. is out, and it just figured if that's he's the out, second time he's done that. Down. By the way, oh, that's the second he did in college too. Really? I, I, don't, I don't know that he's coming back at all, and he's a running back, so I, I probably would just. Yikes. I mean, if you have him, there's no sense selling because he's not going to get anything for Yikes. it. But. Okay. Um, Jonathan Taylor. Just came back yesterday. He's probably cheap. I guess my only question would be, where are the Colts? The Colts are four and five. Garner Minsu's the QB. Is Taylor putting them over the top at this point? I guess not. So, like, I don't know why I'd buy him. What's the upside there? Here, here's what I'll tell you. He has already seen a bit of a bounce. From coming back. From coming back. Oh, so, I'd sell him right now. Yeah, I was going to say. you. you so, look what are the Colts going to do? Yeah. Yeah, unless you just, like, 
comes back and he is completely regained all strength and he's a Sell phenomenal. Sell to Happy John. He loves Wisconsin. There you go. Yeah, Boom, man. We found a buyer for all you uh, Jonathan Taylor holders. So. Mark it up quite um, a bit. Let's see. This is this. Okay, to be fair, this is a QB, but I feel like we should at least mention uh, Joshua Dobbs. Oh, yeah. We talked about him in the first take. Let me cut all that. <laughs> Here's the thing. Minnesota might actually be a playoff team. They're five and four. They're on a pretty good little hot streak right now. They've won four in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a quarterback, which helps, of course. I know his pricing is way up because he was playing good in Arizona to start the year anyways, out of nowhere. Oh, man, what does he do there? I mean, I've, I've, I've seen Kirk Cousins put up really good numbers in Minnesota for years. Do I think Kirk Cousins is that great of a QB? No. Dobbs is not Cousins, but that's a talented offensive team. Yeah. I'm, I might consider throwing some money in him just to see what happens, but it okay. would be on a short leash. Like, okay. They're not going anywhere this year, but he might give you some highlights where people, and the story's captivating, comes in, has a game-winning drive, despite not taking a snap with the first team. I think there's enough, like, you know, wow factor there where it's like, look at this unbelievable story. This kid's come out of nowhere from the gutter, hobby hero. I think I might buy him on a short-term, short-leash type, ready-to-sell-as-soon-as-I-can type thing. Okay. That's a, that's fair enough, especially it's pricing has gone up, but there's, it looks like there's still room for it. Um, Jamar Chase. Now, he has Where's seen his market? a bit of a drop-off. Let's Six months ago, he did have a couple sales in like the 43 45 dollar range for a base PSA 10. Now that has gone up significantly in between now. And then there were times where it was selling for like $80, but as of right now, he's at $35. I mean, I wouldn't buy the base, but just right. him as in general, I give you as a silver player, if you'd like, but it's a similar trajectory. Yeah, so he's kind of mellowed out. He's lower. He's kind of come down from that high. He's, he's mm-hmm. chilled. Yeah, I mean, in that case, I think I'd probably buy him because I think the Bengals are getting ready to do what we've seen them do the last few years. They're getting ready to go on a run where they're going to win, what are their nine games left? They're going to go like eight and one. Like the Bengals are really good. Burrow's clicking. You know, I man, I, I do. I think that could be another weird year. And I trust them in the playoffs to win a couple games. And Jamar Chase is as good as anybody. If you're telling me he's at kind of a low, yeah. I think he's safe to buy. And I think you'd have time to move him at a nice higher point at some point this year. Um. Let's go over to A.J. Brown. Oh, he's tough because he's almost like Tyree. It's almost like he's topped out. He's played so unbelievable to start the year. What's he supposed to do? Yeah. And I, he, very similar to the Tua thing, I think there's a ceiling on Jalen. I like Jalen Hurts a lot, but I also feel like they've played really, really well to start. They're eight and one. Is that going to continue? I don't know. I'd almost sell and cash out now. Well, I mean, like, what? let's look real quick. What does the schedule look like for the Eagles going forward? So, Eagles going forward, you've got, let's see, next week, they're going to be playing, uh, let's, Eagles play Chiefs. That's going to be a tough one. What are we talking? Yeah, I, I, that's what I, I mean, mean. Like, they're 8-1. and one. They're not going to finish the season 16-1. At this point, I, I, I did want to stick up more for the, uh, for the Eagles, but they do have Chiefs, Bills. 49ers next three games. Yeah. They could easily lose all three of those games. Yeah. Tough um, second half. Yeah. Okay. I, I think you move on. The fact that they almost lost to the Cowboys, that was a very, that's eh, a divisional game though. The Cowboys play them tough. Your boy Dak played pretty well. Wow. It's not nice when it to, counted. You see how incompetent he's in the games is amazing. Listen, Penalties and stupid throws. Is, oh, it's so tough to watch teams after being spoiled on Brady for so long. It's so tough to watch guys in a two minute offense, take multiple delay of game penalties. Makes me want to vomit. I will say the delay of game. It's brutal. Was a pain, but. The false starts. Cause you're not set. I was like, what are you doing? 
Um, oh, terrible right. to watch. All right, all right, all terrible right. to watch. All right, give. Um, that Josh Dobbs. Well, you. I mean, that may be a good thing to have. Uh, how about this, CD Lamb? Mm, where's he at? Like, what's his market? Is he low? Uh, give me one second. I'll tell you. Because uh, I had CD Lamb and I also had uh, Stefan Diggs. I wanted to check on. I don't trust. I think people are cooling on the Bills right now, as they should. Josh Allen is just a little too reckless. I, I was going to ask you what you, if you've had an updated take on Josh Allen. I didn't. I don't remember what my old take was. I mean, I thought you thought he was great. Like he's very good. He's just, you know, he doesn't win big games. Uh, CD Lamb. If we're looking at say a silver PSA ten. That card six months ago was selling for 125. It has had a spike of 220, and it is currently down to 100. dollars Oh, so it's lower than where it started. Yes, I take a look at him. I like C- CD's really good. The Cowboys are going to have an, a, a good regular season, so I think it's time to buy him still. Okay, all right. Josh Allen, though. Oh man, and Allen's pricing so insane. Anyways, yeah. That's, like, what's he done? It is hard to say. Like when we keep running into comparisons of guys pricing where they've already won, say, uh, a, a Super Bowl or an MVP or something. And then you see either guys who have just had a lot of hype or brand new rookies that have the same pricing, if not higher than them. It's like the pricing's already baked in and it doesn't really make a lot of sense some of the, that time. I just don't, I don't try, until I see something different, I don't trust that guy to win big games. And he hasn't, he hasn't won big playoff games yet, really. So, okay. yeah, I don't, I mean. I am curious the Travis Kelsey train. We haven't really talked much about him. I would sell. She's going to dump him soon anyways. <laughs> as, soon as, as soon as he gets dumped, his pricing is going to dump. The moment the dump happens, he's out. Okay. Well, his it, pricing will get flushed as soon as he's dumped. See what happened there? It's a pun. Is that a toilet reference? Pun. pun. Nicely done. Uh, over the last six months, he started at 122 for his, uh, this is a base PSA 10. 2014? Prism. Uh, 2013. 13. Okay. Yeah. So a base Prism uh, started at, 122 it is now selling 180 and i do i do wonder what of the the swift effect is bringing swifty that pricing up effect. it's not a swift it's a swifty effect not a swift effect yeah I, swifty i don't think it's swifty it's swifties it's at the hey swifties. carlos i just need you real quick the swifties is, is uh, there are swifties not, but i don't there think are. it's a swifty effect i think it's the you swift think taylor's the one buying it's a swifty effect hey carlos can you just weigh in here real quick Carlos hates this. Uh, so my initial thought was to agree with you, Jesse, but I think Mike just made a really good argument Thank there. you. I think he just hey, Carlos, he inceptioned you, you, so Carlos he said it here. so many times that he got in your head. No, I mean, because... <laughs> it's a like, Swifty. That's why things not, are happening. I think I think he made a good point that, like, it's not her doing it. It's her It's her fans. Thank it's you. the Swifties. It was good. I'm just going to go ahead and... Hey, it's like I've always said. Me and Carlos, one line of thought. I like him better than Eddie. I've always said these things. So You've never said anything to the contrary. I will tell you another fine. thing about Travis Kelsey. I want to address this quickly. If you want to tell me he's like as good as Gronk all time, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But we need to breathe just a little bit. Travis Kelsey might be the greatest pass-catching tight end of all time. In terms of actual route running, hands, catching ability, I would give him a slight edge over Gronk. Maybe even a decent edge over Gronk. Okay. Let me just say, though, for people who did not really watch and appreciate how good Gronkowski was, the greatest blocking tight end of all time. Like, he was literally throwing defensive ends around when he was playing. Greatest blocking tight end. Blocking as a tight end is a major proponent of the job. So overlooked. Travis Kelsey is a very average. So huge advantage to Gronk there. And Gronk running with the ball after the catch, better than any tight end ever. Guy was trucking people every week. Gronk, to me, is still the greatest tight end of all time. 
Kelsey, a close two. Um, Just to be really clear, I want to talk about Gronk's pricing and then we'll go over to the return on investment segment real quick. I do have Gronk pricing. Gronk pricing is down slightly. So he started. Why do you have Gronk pricing? Because I pulled it up as you were talking about it. Really? Yeah. 2010 rookie. Yeah, Tops Chrome. 2010 rookie PSA 10 of that card. Oh, I have no idea. Six months ago, selling for 150. He had an odd little spike. I think maybe when there was that rumor of him coming back or something up to like 255. But then I don't believe that's settled and come back down many times. He is now selling again 149. So just a slight little. He's basically flat. Oh, which is pretty good considering the market. I know. I actually, I, I consider flat yeah. to be good. Now, uh, the one other thing, Swifty, if you Google the Swifty effect, it has 1.5 million results. And if you Google the Swift effect, it has 230 million. So I don't know. Maybe I was wrong. But it yeah, you, seems no, like, you were. It seems like the math right, would the math say here 230 is- million for Jesse and 1.5 million for Mike. It just seems like. Maybe I wasn't wrong. I don't know. Yet two out of the three people here think you were. So you were. Well, anyway, return on investment. Uh, We talked about this last week and we did a comparison because. Oh, we can't do it now. We got a guest in two minutes. Oh, wow. It's already been that much time. It's amazing to me. You friggin' before the show, I was like, Mike, I I could tell. I was getting a little prodding. Any research, anything, any little points? Did I give you a hard time? Very concerned. Very concerned. Tech Simmons. To be fair, we also started 10 minutes late. Very concerned that we weren't going to have enough actual material. It never happens. I've been quiet on purpose because of the time. I could go for another we, 30 minutes. We have been recording for 16 minutes. We have not touched my have, topic, and we have not touched the ROI thing on Top's Chrome. I know. And that, you know what? That would have been a perfect Do 30 minutes. Do not ever fret again that we're <laughs> not going to have enough to talk about. Absolutely I could fret. spend 45 minutes breaking down freaking Adam Sandler 90s movies and have it be entertaining enough where people would keep if it on. If we're talking... And, you, and you're worried about... There's man, not a world... Between 12 o'clock and 12.30, oh between now and when Rafi gets here, are we going to have enough? I don't know. First off... Do you know his name is Rafi? Because he introduced like, himself as Raphael. I feel like every Raphael's a Rafi. We'll I find don't, out. Yeah, I don't know if we're getting that one right yet. And also, if we're talking movies, sure, but I'm trying to provide a little value to the people. I mean, great, I would love to talk Adam Sandler all day. You you forgot about Big Mr. Deeds and Big Daddy. Because I'm I'm blinded by grown-ups and all the other nonsense he's done since then. Actually, Uncut Gems I've heard was good. I didn't see that. And there's other a few other. Did you see Spanglish? No, I don't remember. Okay. So, oh, okay. What's the movie with him and Jack Nichols, uh, Nickel Nicholson? Nicholson. Jack Nichols, the great golfer. Uh, that was Anger Management. I hated that. That was movie. the one actually I was thinking of. Oh, I hate that movie. Really? It frustrates me to no end. Yeah, well, there was a lot of anger You should management be able to yell it, so. in, in public and not be a whole <laughs> shutdown. Can you imagine if he did that now? He'd get killed. Oh, don't oh, even grief. get me started on reasons why there'd be I mesh. Bring the guesting cards. Let's go. This is a train wreck. Um, bring him in. I want to know his name. First question. That brings us to this segment of our guest. We have Raphael Mosley, a.k.a. Prism God, the man behind the Culture Collision Show in Atlanta, Georgia. How the heck are you? I, tell us first off, Raphael, is that what you prefer? Doesn't matter. Raphael, PG, Prism God, Ralphie, doesn't matter. I, I, I respond to pretty much all of them. Okay. Now notice, Mike, you've called him Raph almost every time you've talked to him. I'm a nickname. He did not say Raph on any of those. Doesn't have to. Okay. All right. All right. That's fine. My mom calls me that. So that way I know she's talking to me. I'm sorry, man. Wow. Family. 
Fam. Okay, I'm no strangers in the studio. Uh, Raphael, thank you, man, for joining us. And uh, we know that you know we didn't really give you a lot that we wanted to talk about beforehand. But being the guy that's kind of set up the culture collision show, uh, tell us a little bit about the the show and where it started and where it's gone to at this point. Wow, uh, it's kind of broad, but I'll just say that uh, man, it was just kind of an idea. Uh, you know, I think that at the end of the day, I recognized it was an opportunity to make shows, the show space better. Um, I felt like it was a way to kind of give back to the community, right? Um, I didn't go into the situation to try to make money. I didn't go into the situation to try to like do anything besides just, you know, be my own creative and just try to come up with some cool ideas and just see if it would work, how I can work and kind of go from there. So uh, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say, you know, I don't really talk to a whole lot of promoters personally, but I would just say that I'm a little bit more ballsy than a lot of people. So I'm willing to take losses, willing to take risks, willing to take chances. And I think you have to, especially when you're trying to change something. So I think for me, um, when I first started Culture Collision, I mean, it was just an idea. How can I make things better? How can I get back to the community? Um, I, at the time, my wife was, like I said, she, she kind of said to me, you're going to either open up a card shop or do a show. And for me, it was like, I'm going to do a show. Cause I felt like it was a lot easier to do in a shop, but I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I'll just say that that's how I started. And, and I think that, you know, it's been very challenging. Um, you know, cause one thing is I'm, I'm a minority in the space as well. So I'm a minority, uh, promoter in the space. I'm probably one of the very few, uh, black people or African Americans in this space. Uh, so I, I felt like I had a lot of different challenges. What what would you say that your goal is in making your show different than, say, others across the country? Well, I really want to focus on um, experience. I think that's the, I think for the last couple of years, you could probably kind of attest to the fact that we're, we've been like a really transactional show. I mean, the show space is very transactional. It's very like most like a stock market. I used to call it a thriving stock market. Literally, it's like you go into there, it's like, you know, you hear a bunch of people talking about how much, how much, how much, how much, buy, 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 sell, 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 right? It's very much like a, a stock market, but that I think it lacked a lot of experience. I think it lacked, um, I think it lacked a lot of different, um, a lot of different ideas, in my opinion. I mean, you go to a lot of different shows. I don't think you really see, it just like seems like it's just a black and white canvas. And I think for me, I really want to focus on the color and create and creativity. When I when we went to the show, it wasn't this this year. Ago. It was the year before. That was like one of your first big shows aside from the national that one year. I think so. I think it was. But I do remember thinking this show is the most like in tune with what I'm about as far as not just cards. Because it wasn't that show was the first card show I think I'd been to where you didn't see a ton of like just old vintage baseball. Like that was what I understood a lot of these card shows to be. But going to yours, like there were, you know, sneaker setups. There were got people selling candles uh, made out of like figurines. Of oh yeah, I different, about yeah, that. like different right. either shoes or or, or uh, athletes or whatever the case may be. Bunch of comics. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There were comics everywhere. I thought your show was like a really good melting pot, not just in the overall like attendees, but also in just what was actually being represented at the table, like a culture collision. Wait a second, you don't think? Look at that. See? Oh, it, my God. I'm putting it together. Hey, hey, hey Raffi, I, I am interested, though, because you brought up a good point. Like, I don't know another black show promoter. 
period. Like I, I honestly, and I go to shows quite a bit. I think you're the only one that I know. We get to, I know you get the question more than we do. Obviously we're a couple of boring white guys here, but like it has come up. Like how do you expand into other communities? I am curious. Like how does the hobby do that? Like, how do we get more like, like, obviously we always talk about, Hey, we want more kids involved. I don't care what color the kids are. I just want more kids involved in the space. Like how do like, like how, so how do we do that? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, that's a good point. I mean, I think it helps when you have a lot of people in the forefront, right? You know, everybody wanted to be like Mike, but nobody wanted to be like Mike until he saw it televised, right? Until he saw it seen on a high level, right? And so I think for myself is uh, trying to, you know, being kind of the face of the forefront or whatever, right, for the community. I feel like uh, I have to kind of like overachieve. I have to kind of like keep pushing the boundary. So uh, I remember I talked about it earlier is like be willing to like do things that other people aren't willing to do. And I think I'm, I'm kind of one of those guys. Um, I think we need to be able to see people that look like ourselves in the, in, in, in a high level to be able to say, Oh, okay. Well, if he did it, I can do it. Right. That's that sure. be like Mike theory. Right. It's like, okay, I seen Jordan do it, man. I want to be like Jordan, man. I want to do what he just did. That's why everybody emulated those things, you know, growing up. And so I say that to the, the young collectors out there and I challenge a lot of the younger collectors out there and say, like if you see someone else do it, like I literally started from buy, sell, trade cards, you know, on the low end side. Right. I, I remember I was telling my wife, let's grade 150 cards a week, you know, and my average call, my average profit was 50 to $60 a card. And that was how I, you know, I continued to kind of go from there. But I think it's important to see other people like ourselves and, and then people often imitate that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm curious too. We um, we recently heard or, uh, someone had reached out to us and said there was a, a card show in the Northeast that ha- was just not going to happen this year. They didn't give reasoning why, but they just said it wasn't going to happen. Uh, we found that the the Beckett show it, it got changed to a, a different kind of show, like some kind of grading extravaganza or something. The that, but the the summit didn't happen. I, I'm curious, what are you seeing as far as like? reactions for the culture collision show. Cause this comes out in January. What, what are you seeing in the hobby? Like, is there still a lot of interest? Have you seen it died down a little? Uh, that's a good point. I think that I don't think there's a lack of interest on sports card shows at all. I think that now I will say this. I feel like there's certain shows and I won't say any names that are, that do it too much. Right. I feel like you can dilute your own community. I think that's one of the things that I really didn't want to do. I think that's what makes the national special, right? It happens once a year, but it's like, oh man, oh my God, I can't miss the national, right? There's some nostalgia there, right? But I think when you sit here and you have a great show, and I, I guess I'll say this because at the end of the day, I, I don't really care. I'll just say it. Dallas, right? Great yeah, show. It's, it's too much. Uh, it, 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 so yeah, I'll say this. Yep. I, I didn't want to say it, but I'll say <laughs> it. Oh, you're fine. Say, Days, Dallas is a great show, but I think it is ran too much. I think if they did less, less is more. It'll, and I think it'll be one of those things where it'll always continue to be a great show because people remember for what it was. And I think that they'll continue to have the hobby where people uh, will come out and support. Um, but I think that, you know, I think that as a promoter, you have to do your due diligence too, right? You got to allow, I think by diluting the space, right? Cause you have a, you have two people you have to focus on. It's your vendors and it's your sponsors if you have them. And I think that if you're a vendor-based show, I think it's important to do what's best for the vendors, right? As well as the consumers who are coming in buying a ticket. So I think we do our best to do uh, give a little bit of both. 
But I mean, that that's a great example of a show that I think that can be ran a little bit less and still get the demand, if not a bigger demand than, you know, if he did, you know, more. Yeah, it's funny you say that because like we just had the Nashville, Tennessee show. They do that twice a year. It's like four to five hundred tables. It's crazy busy. I would argue for for actual like reasonable transactions, people with like good pricing there to make deals. I think it's as good as any show in the country. But Dallas, I, I, we've never gone to Dallas either, but that's off. Like, that's the same thing we hear all the time. It's like, it's every couple months. It's the same guys trading cards back and forth. And that's why, honestly, I've never had any desire to go ever. And that's, I'm not even trying to knock those guys, but like Atlanta, we've gone to, I've gone to that show twice now. We're going to go in January. So I, I do think there's something to be said of like, Hey, less is more. And then the other thing I want to talk about too, is the events at your place. That's the first time I've seen like a basketball tournament a couple of years ago when you do your first show. I think you guys did it last year too, like the, the game. You're doing it again this year. Like what's the same thing? Like I just think it's something different. Like we don't just have to be there just dealing cards back and forth on a table. There can be other events, you know? Yeah, I think it's important. So, Like I said, I mean, like if I make money at a show, it's a great show. But if I don't make money at a show, then what? Am I ready to leave? Or am I like, oh, babe, I, I hate that I came, right? So I think that if you can create a whole atmosphere of all three, which is basically being able to buy, sell, trade, enjoy the experience, and then you know you have fun with your friends, right? I think it's a great. It's, I think it makes a bigger. It makes a makes up for a bigger opportunity. And I think that uh, yeah. So with our first show, actually, the show you went to was actually our second show. Our first show actually went up against one of the biggest shows in the country. It was actually Dallas. We went up our first show. Oh, we had a roughly. Yeah, our first show. So we announced it. Man, we did that first show in 90 days. And I think that when I announced the show, it might have been like May, April or something like that. And then we did the show in like July. And, And at that point in time, we had roughly around 350 vendors. We had about almost 4,000 attendees and we went up against the biggest show in the country and we still marketed ourselves as one of the biggest shows. And that was my first show I ever did. It was actually Prism God Presents Culture Collision because it was just really the only way to get people to kind of know that it wasn't going to be like a whack show. It was like, all right, well, let me just use my name a little bit and see if that helps to get people to come out. And and that's, and I mean, it worked, so. Now, was that July 2021 when that show came out? I believe so. I want to say, yeah, because last year, 2022. Yeah, that was, that's correct. It was 21. Okay. That's correct. All right. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I was just wondering because I would think that would have been a huge show or at least a really good turnout based on the time frame we were at in the market uh, in July 2021. Absolutely. Yeah, it was. A, it ended up being a really good show. Um, we announced that our show, we had like eight sponsors, our first show. So it was a really, honestly, it was a really, uh, uh I'm not going to say it. Well, I'll say it. it was an overachievement in my opinion, because I think that, uh, yeah, my goal was 600 tables. We ended up right under 400 tables. We still had over 4,000 attendees. People came out, supported and everybody enjoyed and loved the show. We created some cool experiences. And I mean, you talk about how does the, how does the show space change for us? I mean, that was like phase one of the show. And then the second show that you went to was like phase two. And then I think next year, since we're doing two shows, we're gonna, you're going to finally get a chance to see what phase three looks like for Coach Collision um, as we continue to bring in new people. Nice. So when, it, by the way, we've talked about the next, I know it's in January. What are the exact dates of the next show? Just so people can get, start making plans now. No, I appreciate it. It's uh, January 26th to the 28th. 
um, and plan on making it the greatest show on earth. <laughs> what what day? What day is the basketball? I'm gonna tell you right now. I am. I think there's a chance we might be able to play. I don't remember. Somebody reached out. Your mark. One. Somebody works for the marketing. It sounds like we may get a chance to play. Is this is this factual? I'm a baller twice a week. I'm ready to go. <laughs> so let me explain. A lot of people get this misconstrued. Oh, everybody no. always asks. All right. So don't no, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I'm getting shut so, down here. So basically, everybody always says. All right, so how can I play in the card star game, which is our charity basketball game? And I believe the inv- invitation that you had got, it was actually for the charity basketball game, which is the one that featured uh, Santiago and Blaz, an altercation that happened a couple months ago. I saw this, and, yes. Um, yeah, so the good thing about that is we ended up turning a negative into a positive, right? When it happened in, in real time, I actually thought it was fake, and I was thinking to myself, like, are they just That's what we playing thought. around for the camera? No, it was real. It was real. I had to literally, the, the, the final video, I, I don't know if we're actually going to get a chance to put out the final video, but <laughs> I actually jumped in and was like, hey, man, like, what's going on? Is everybody okay? And um, and everybody was like, yeah, we're fine. We're fine. I just don't mess with him like that. And it, it genuinely was a a big, big problem between those two. For for the audience who doesn't know, what happened? I don't even remember C-Bless, myself. So. We met the kid, the Blaze, one of the Blaze, yeah, yeah. Blaze and Santiago Sports, who we know. Yeah. They, they were playing in the game last year, and they got into like an altercation on the court. Oh, actually, on the court. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. I okay. thought it was fake too because I've never seen two guys less prepared to fight in their life. <laughs> I looked at this and I was like, this can't be, this can't be real. Like not in Atlanta. Like this. this That's no. funny. Okay. All okay. right. So then, obviously, we're hoping that doesn't happen. I will say, like Blaze. Uh, well, Blaze actually surprised me. He actually can play basketball. Surprisingly, I didn't. I didn't actually think he could at first. I was like, all right, well. To see how this goes, but he did really well. Um, but kind of backtracking a little bit on what you asked. So when the charity basketball came, it's actually featured 12 on 12. Uh, it was influencers and sponsors the first time around. And then we also have a three on three basketball tournament that everybody can kind of get into. Now, everybody always asks the question, how can I get into the charity game? Well, the answer is you have to win the three on three basketball tournament just to be a part of the pool for the following year. Makes sense. So okay. I can get it on the three on three though in January. Th- that's a guarantee, but you actually are a part of the pool. So what's going to happen is by the end of this month, we're actually going to do a fantasy draft style uh, where you'll actually be chosen to be on either Santiago or Blaze. Now, we're, see, here's the deal. I, I don't know if you talked to Tim about my game at all. Tim will tell you I am the Carmelo. I'm all about stats. I don't care about winning. We had our three-on-three game against Card Ladder. Nine out of ten points. I was lighting them up. Did we lose the game? Yep, but I held my head high. <laughs> Selfish. I'm a black hole out there. It's brutal. No passing. No team ball. I'm hearing, no defense. I'm hearing a lot I'm of a votes sniper. for you. I, I model my game after a late career Kobe. I'm going out there to get my 61 and get blown out, and I don't care. Wow. Uh, that's a lot of words for someone who wants to actually be in this game. I'm just telling you. It's how I roll. <laughs> Well, I was gonna say, well, Tim will probably be on your team. Then he didn't win last year, but he no, he didn't win. He didn't win either game. He was in the three on three basketball tournament and the championship. I'm uh, sorry, the charity game, and he lost both. I think he's coming back for revenge. But I don't know if you guys are on the same team. I don't. It might not work out, man. I think he's the I same player. Yeah, he's a black hole. It doesn't work. The two of us, no good. <laughs> that sounds like a well, I'm extraordinary excited. We will game. definitely be there for the uh, for the show for the game and all that. Yeah, I wanted to have you on a promo because, like I said, I don't know. It's it, the other thing too. Almost all these other shows are like long-standing shows, and I do feel like, uh, and even like with us, like we've been doing this podcast for years now. There comes time when it's like some guys just get real content with what they do, and it's like there's no effort to be better because oh, it's gonna be what it's gonna be. Even the Nationals, some years I'm like, oh, this is stale. Like, why is there no? That's one thing we do always appreciate. Like Atlanta, it was like 
these culture collisions like different. There's like new stuff and I can tell it's like a, a younger because like you've got to be like 30 years younger than most show promoters. It's like this is a young, hungry guy who like wants to improve the product. And I think that comes across in the show. So, you know, I, I, yeah, we're excited about it. So, yeah. So give me the dates one more time, too, so we can we can pump that. All right. So it's January 26th to the 28th, 2024. The charity basketball game is going to be on Saturday night at Overtime Elite. Very that's where, good. That's where I'll be dominating. <laughs> We'll I'm going to break out my Larry Bird shorts. You have not been drafted, My Larry sir. Bird short shorts. It's going to be cool, though, man. Doesn't matter. No, from from Boston. It doesn't get cold in Atlanta for me. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Raphael, thank you very much for joining, man. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to the Culture Collision show in January. And, yeah, uh, keep us posted if anything uh, exciting, any new things you got set up. Yeah, going any announcements, whatever. Yeah. Happy to promote. Well, I will say that by the end of the month, like I said, we're going to have the fantasy drive. It will be on a live platform. So everybody, we're going to have a, uh, a mediator commentator for the draft. It's going to be Santiago versus Blaze. And shout out to charities that they're actually going to represent. I'm kind of giving you a little bit of early news. So it's going to be team, um, team Easton foundation versus um, Mr. Strong foundation. So uh, Santiago represents Mr. Strong foundation. Blaze is team Easton. It's going to be a really cool event because we're going to raise money for the next, starting December until January into Culture Collision. And actually, the people that will be able to come watch the game, they'll be able to contribute as well. So if you come in, there's no ticket admission, and you just pretty much just donate. So it's great. Nice. Very I cool. I like that. Yeah, awesome. Well, keep us posted too. Anything else you want to share, man? We're happy to, happy to spread the message here. So we appreciate the time. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, man. All right. That so there you was go. Rafael Mosley. January 25th, I'll be handling business. Oh, no, 20... Dang it, I already forgot the I already dates. forgot the dates. Doesn't it's matter. Okay. That's Saturday night, though. I think it was 26 I gotta get drafted, though. That's the issue. Oh, boy. And you've already really touted yourself as a... I think your words were black hole, so... I can ball. Okay. All right. Well. I mean, one of us is going to be up tomorrow at 5.30 playing ball full court. That'll be me. 5.30 in the morning. I have no claims to be doing that, and I'm very happy with my life choice. Uh, you wanted to talk non-QB vintage Jim Brown... It's getting late. Yeah, we'll do you didn't want to quick. do anything? Oh, okay. Somebody asked this last time too. Like, do we think we'll see a resurgence of like vintage running backs and different stuff like that? Um, I, th- it's a good point. Who's collecting that? That that is really it's a simple answer, but it is true. In twenty, like like my kid, at what point is Theo like? Hey, you know what, Dad? I really want to get a, a Walter Payton card, mm-hmm. and it is different because I've I had that thought with vintage years ago, and I was wrong. Like at some point, people are not going to care about Mickey Mantle. But here's the difference: the nostalgia generation to generation. Yep. Like my dad has more nostalgic moments about uh, baseball players. And his dad did that as well. Way more than they do about football. There isn't that with me. I have some nostalgic moments, but it's, it's Tom Brady with football. Okay. So I don't think there's going to be that long-term connection. So whereas I think there's a, it's a safe market because there's enough guys like me and even a little bit younger who are like, yeah, Jim Brown, awesome. Walter Payton, even Barry Sanders to some guys younger than me. I don't think there's ever going to be like this unbelievable turn like we saw with 90s basketball where guys turned to 90s basketball and it was like, man, David Robinson, Hakeem Olajuwon, Shaq, all these guys getting way more attention in the hobby than they'd ever gotten before. Mm -hmm. I don't think we ever see that with vintage football. So the more I thought about that question after last week, I was like, you know, I just don't think it's there. I don't think it's ever going to be a thing. I think the future of that is really interesting because it does... we haven't done it before, right? Like we haven't gone through a full cycle of like human existence since. But we the have sport with baseball. That's has the thing. been well, and but the thing is, we see Mantle still popular, even though the majority of people that watched him play, I would say major, well, a good amount of people that watched him play live during his heyday, 
Mm. Yeah, I guess you're they're talking still alive. So like mid sixties. Yeah. But they're older, obviously, but we haven't seen that group. Cause I mean, obviously the Babe Ruth people are, but Babe mainly, Ruth's a good example. Babe Ruth people are all dead, but that's what I mean though. Like, so think, but Babe he's still Ruth hugely popular. And how many other people of his generation are popular though? Lou Gehrig, Babe Ruth, Christy Matthews, like in the hobby, there's still a lot of guys, but that's because it's baseball. You name me one I, football player from back then that has any relevance in the hobby. I, I agree that there aren't going to be many, but I do think you start seeing the longer that goes, the more fall off. Like the more people that are going to why, be interested in I guess that. why though? If you, like people, because there's nobody that, here who saw Ruth anyways. Why why is he still so relevant? Because they have the the market dictates that he's still relevant. Oh, like, but if I mean, it's the market dictating that it will continue to dictate. You're so, so that, that was my original point though, is like if the market does continue to dictate I think we see a narrowing of that class. I don't think you will see, like you said, Lou, uh, Lou Gehrig and you said Ruth of that period, time period. Those are the two. Yeah, I mean, the big games. But I mean, that's the thing. Like, if you if you went back maybe 20 years, I bet you you would find a lot more of that time period that you could probably point to. Like now, other players from that time period exactly. that are relevant? Maybe, but I could even make that case with recent things. Like go back 40 years. How many recent, like how many players in the seventies come to mind out of baseball? So just that, jump? But that's my point. I There's always think, just a handful. I think you see a narrowing as time goes on. So I think you're going to obviously find sure. more 40 years ago than you are in the Babe Ruth era. But I think you'll find even more in the last 20 years than you would in the 40. Right. So it's like, it, it, it continues yeah, to narrow as time goes on. And I only think the, the elite, the, elite stand up. Exactly. I think that's where you but get I don't that think that's goat status. But I guess my point is, too, with baseball, it makes sense because that's always been the pattern, the passing down. Mm-hmm. We have never had that really with football. Yeah. So when is it? So it's so at some point, it's like we have to start with, okay, all of a sudden, Jim Brown's a thing. Why yeah. would that start in 10 years? Yeah, if it's think. not the reason now, like what? Even like Emmett Smith. You know how many guys watch football like younger than us who have no clue? I mean, they might know who he is, but yeah. that means nothing. Who is Barry's, the who is the the Babe Ruth of football in Tom your Brady. eyes? No, no question, Brady. That's that. What are you saying that because of how well he does? Because I mean, Babe Ruth was good, but he well, wasn't Babe, like the best player yes, in baseball. Absolutely, at the time he was. Absolutely, but he, not today. Well, some people would still argue he was the I, greatest. I mean, he was he was an unbelievable pitcher. He had seven hundred home runs. A lot of people would still make the case Babe Ruth's the greatest baseball player of all time. I think that would those people have not looked at any actual stats of the game. Like what just, you he has seven hundred home runs and he pitched. I, I know, but if you go back, if there have been many arguments about this. So I know like you can you can argue one side and I can argue the other side. And but the fact really that there's that many arguments, day. a lot of people consider him the GOAT. The GOAT of that time period though. Like I get like but that's because oh. like you look at the the man like couldn't run or his RBI wouldn't be this or that. It's like, there are going to be a number of different stats that you can't say for sure what it would be unless he was playing up against the bigs today. You could say it with everybody because in every overall sport, average pitch speed is higher than it was back then. The batting was, I don't know what the, the stance on batting um, RBI was back then, but I believe what I saw was that the average RBI is much higher today than it was back then. So it's like, Okay, well now you're seeing more people hit better, so he doesn't seem as he may still be great, but he is he the all time greatest? I mean, according to that logic, then you could never have an all time great because you're comparing errors. Well, that's the argument. I, I do that's think, like saying Michael Jordan wouldn't be as good today because people score more today, so he'd just be another scorer. I, I, I do. I see that logic. The problem that I'm getting to though is that what do you do when there isn't a all time great that goes back? 50 years or something like football. Cause to your point, well, Tom Jim Brady, Brown, well, Jim Brown is the other guy though. 
Jim Brown might be the greatest football player of all time. Would you say, though, like, what what year was that, 50s? He came up in 56. 50, his rookie card's 50. I don't know what year. He came up a couple of years before but that. football's been going on since, I think, the, I want to say, 20s or yeah, something whatever. like that? Before, sure. So, at least, obviously, a good amount of time earlier than that, mm-hmm. baseball was... The 1860s. What? Yeah, something late like that. When do you see that the Babe Ruth of football or basketball? Like who, when do you see that the, the one that's going to stand the test of time? Cause Babe Ruth, I would have to, I, I would think that he is the one that's going to stand the test of time. Well, he already has. He hasn't played in a Ex- hundred years. Exactly. Yeah. Jim Brown. So that's what I'm saying. Who you think Jim Brown is that for football? Well, he's one of, there's multiple. Okay. Just like there's multiple in baseball. Mantle has withstood the test of time. But Mantle again is much more relevant. He's much newer. Or he, he played much more recently than Ruth ever did. So that's why I'm thinking of like when you go back. There real isn't one far. for those other sports. Jim Brown is the earliest guy. I mean, Johnny Unitas maybe, but they're they're both the same time period. Okay, it's not like a right or wrong answer. I'm just curious what you think. Like, if there is a person that goes back, what about basketball? Do you have any thoughts there? Bill Russell. Bill Russell. First all time. I mean, Russell and Wilt are the first greats in basketball. Okay. You could argue. I mean, God, what's a uh, George Mikan? But uh, you know, most people go Russell and Wilt are the first big names that come up. Okay. Uh, yeah, I just think of it as a, you know, we, we've we had so much time for these sports to evolve and change, but you still see the fact that Babe Ruth is still held in a very, like to your point, maybe the greatest player of all time of the sport, but we've also seen basketball and football, maybe not as long, but still very long periods of history. And I don't know if we have like as big of figures in those sports as Babe Ruth is, is known to be in baseball. You have as big of figures. You just don't have them as old. Baseball's an older sport. That's I, di- I disagree. I think there's so many more people that would know Babe Ruth. Michael over, Jordan's, Michael Jordan's more over known. Jim Brown or, or uh, what did you say, Bill Russell. More, Yeah, but if you're going to say, well, who's the one guy? Oh, then Mike, give me Michael Jordan, Tom Brady. Again, but yeah, those are the current guys. That's why I'm just curious why they don't years, have anything. In 200 years, Jordan will still be more popular than Babe Ruth has ever been. Maybe I would, I would hope so. I would think I love as a personal fan of Jordan. Yeah, sure. But yeah, I just think it's interesting to know that there is a, a solidified person in baseball history, not so much in football and basketball at this time. Cause I mean, again, go back to it. We we've been playing for a very long time. Jordan's still alive. Like who's the guys who have passed that would be in that category for football or basketball. I guess I'm misunderstanding these these parameters here. Seems like it's moving so. a lot. No, I, I I definitely am misunderstanding. I don't know what that. I means. mean, it's not. It's just someone who's from the original heyday of the sport, like Bill from Russell. when it first came out. I think Bill Russell, when he died, was probably as as relevant on the planet as Babe Ruth. Just about okay. maybe slightly less popular, but just about as relevant. But again, the sport is nowhere near as popular as baseball has been. That's um, the difference. I, I think that's great. I, I actually I, I'm glad to hear you say that you have a thought on it because I think they're. I don't know. I just feel like there's not as many people going out there and giving as much love to some of the vintage, the real old stuff like there is baseball, obviously. No, that is my whole argument. I, that's why I don't think there's going to be a spike in Jim Brown. Jim Brown was as good as his sport as Babe Ruth was at his sport. Talent at their sport, Jim Brown's as good as anybody who's played any sport ever. Okay. He, is, he is that good. He plays football, though. Football, especially vintage football. Football in the 50s and 60s, nowhere near as popular as baseball was back then. It's never going to be. You're never going to see it. If anyone was wondering, NBA started in 1949. So 
I mean, granted, there was basketball before, but the NBA started then. Uh, the NFL. 61. The NFL started in 1920. The actual, oh, well, there was the AFL too, though. The merger didn't happen until the 60s, I don't think. Because Unitas was, wasn't Namath and Unitas the first Super Bowl? Let's see. That's first, not true. The first, first Super Bowl was Green Bay. Thorpe. Yeah, you have to go um, first Super Bowl because that's the modern NFL. It was, okay. It was Green Bay and the Chiefs, maybe? That would be much more current, right? The first, 60s. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. what I mean. Um, yeah, I just thought that was interesting because the first baseball, the first MLB game, uh, let's see, first MLB game was... 1800s, right? 1871, yeah, according that's what, to this. That's what I mean. Yeah, you're talking... And it wasn't just that. It was also America's pastime. Like, everybody played. It was the thing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, just way more popular. Um, all right, so you want to go to new releases? Sure. New releases... 2023 Panini Chronicles you know, Baseball. I enjoy about that last conversation. Neither one of us have any idea what the other person's saying. I like that. I think the audience might be able to decipher something, but I have no idea what you were asking and you had no idea what I was saying. I like that. I don't think it was more. I think you, you were you were thinking I was trying to allude to something when it was just more of like I was trying to get your opinion on the history of the sport and if there's actually a long-term goat in those sports. Like that's not baseball and football or basketball. And the long-term goat was Bill Russell and uh, whoever the other and one Bill was. Simmons. Bill Simmons. Bill Simmons. That yep. was it. Next. Uh, 2023 Panini Chronicles Baseball Hobby. Take that sip, yeah. You've been waiting to drink that freaking cup. Good for you. Uh, Chronicles Baseball is like a mismatch. There's a whole bunch of different um, different brands all kind of put into one. Obviously, it's going to be different this year because it's just going to be retired guys and prospects, which, by the way, su- to my surprise, Panini has actually done a really good job of so far in 2023 with the prospects and the vets, no active players because of the MLB uh, PA licensing being gone. Uh, it really depends to me on pricing. Like if this thing's like 150 range or less, I'm cool with it. It is 130. Yeah. Good with it. Love it. Personal. Okay. You get a bunch of numbered stuff. Honestly, this is one of the only times you will ever hear me say this probably as close to an A as you'll get for a personal rip. And even as a break, it's an A because it's so dirt cheap. Is it a 16 box case, by the way? I don't know. I used to always be a 16. I think you get three. Used to always get three autos in one patch plus a bunch of numbered stuff. 16 box. Who is on the images? That's the other thing. Because I know that. Like on the the front of the box, you mean? Like on the sales sheet you're looking at where you're seeing the price and stuff. um, There's like this cool origins. The origins are like with the animal tiger eyes and stuff behind it. Uh, I I mean like names though. Do you have like a. That was Jackie Robinson on that one. There's a Willie Mays. Not a prospect. Um, do you want just prospects? Marcelo no. Mayer's also in this as a rookie. Let's okay, see. Yeah, Ellie Dela Cruz. Ellie. Let's see. You got Bob. So Bobby Wood is one of the only guys who is an active player who has autos. Poolhos has autos. Ellie Dela Cruz has autos. Marcelo Mayer. Uh, who's this joker? It's never good when I have to ask who it is because I should probably know. He ain't that popular. Looks like Jackson Holiday also has autos That's in That's what I mean, dude. You got some big, big names. I, I, did you just dumped that drink. Oh. Uh, good thing it only has a tiny hole in it, but still. Oh boy, that's a Ugh. that's a real shame. I do. I like this product, man. I would break it. I would buy it personal. I rarely, rarely say that, but to me, this is one of those you can do both with. It's a pretty cool product. Okay. Uh, next product then is also Panini. Panini Origins football comes out this I've week. I've always thought Origins too expensive. Twenty twenty three football scares the crap out of me because there's no big, not a ton of big autos. I'm gonna be way, way low here. Like I wouldn't pay more than two fifty a box. I don't even think I'm close. Um, you're not going to get it for two hundred fifty. Three seventy five. What's the what is it? Three ninety. Yeah, I'm I'm good. I'd break it. Buy the team you want. 
Yeah. Fine. I don't go near this as a personal. Okay. Um, certified. See, I actually like certified better than Origins because I think certified has more stuff in it. But same thing. What's certified boxes? 350? Certified box is... 2023 certified football. Yeah. I'm 350 to, to 330. I mean, I like that better than Origins. I'd rather save 60 bucks and break that. But again, um, that, to me, those are break. Those are both B grade for breaking. I'd give them both a B. Okay. Personals, F. I wouldn't go anywhere near it. The other big news, by the way, in Wax this week, which stinks for me, Tops Definitive, 2023 Tops Definitive is not being allocated to breakers or shops. It is going direct on the Tops website. It starts Wednesday at 12 noon Eastern. It is the Dutch auction, which I hate, by the way. Uh, so the Dutch auction, literally, they're going to start it at, do me a favor, look up 2022 Tops Definitive Baseball, please. I'm going to guess that stuff's still like $1,000 a box, maybe more. Like Definitive is super expensive. Six autos, two patches. Um, obviously, again, I'm, I'm bitter because I'm not just going to get any of this stuff. I don't know what price this comes out at. Um, I'm curious what they started at. You know, the only other Dutch auctions we've seen, Fanatics and Tops do, started really, really high and then came way, way down. I'm guessing this is going to start at like nine ninety nine or or maybe more. What's what's twenty two? Nine ninety nine is. Wait, what am I? Because this is twenty. This is twenty six hundred dollars for a case or a box. This says twenty twenty two tops definitive definitive baseball hobby box. Is twenty six hundred for a box? Twenty six hundred. Oh my god! That's why I'm trying to figure out. Your number starting at nine ninety nine seems maybe it's maybe it could be way way more. I just. Yeah, I don't know how you go near this stuff. I love Definitive, but that's just too expensive. Let me check another site too, because that was like on Steel City. I'm curious what others might have it. No, I mean like Blowout's got it for twenty five hundred a box. Good grief, dude! Like, what are you supposed to do? No, twenty five hundred a box. It's got eight cards in it. Yeah, six autos, two patches. Yeah, I, I'm curious what the Dutch auction goes for. That return on investment would also be an interesting segment. I'd love to know that. That would be great. You could also do like you're paying. So say it goes for two thousand bucks a card. Let's just Mm -hmm. say for for clarity, that's two hundred and fifty dollars a card for eight cards. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're if that's if the if the money's there, sure. But I think it's a gamble product. The money is not there. It's just this is like a flawless football type. Well, just as a quick update, I did do the return on investment for Topps Chrome. Save it. It's too late. You, I want to do this next show, like open. I oh, actually okay. want to get into this. I've, re, I've this is to me the okay. most fascinating segment we're going to do next show. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, I, I actually want to dig into it. Though. Well, then let's hit mailbag. Yep. Um, mailbag comes from. Thought we were let's get see, a whole starting with without hearing that. Jeremy Byer. Well, actually, the first question comes from Jamie Sanders. Is today your birthday? Uh, it is. I'm 37. I know we don't celebrate. I'm just curious. Okay. I'm, I'm 37 years old today. Interesting. So that's a fun fact for everyone who needed to know that. Well, I don't like people it. took. Never mind. I don't no, like that. Nope. I am being very kind. Let's go. What were you, you going to say, say, Mike? If anybody took the under. Uh-huh. Well, so you were going to say a mean thing. Is it's not mean. It I'm saying congratulations to you thing. for beating the odds. Jamie Sanders, question for both of you. What's the first baseball card issue uh, did you buy? Single pack or set? I issue. Have, who has? Yeah, I don't know what he means by issue, but I think he says single pack or set. The earliest I ever remember buying were packs. I, I'm sure I bought before that, but the, the earliest memory I have was the Elks Club. Uh, my Uncle Dave going to a baseball game at Fenway, go to see the Red Sox. We bought packs of 1994 Flair, F-L-A-I-R, baseball. We were like, dude, we got to get Red Sox players cards so we can get them autographed. First 
memory I have buying a card. Man, I do not. I, I remember going to Kmart as a kid and buying football and basketball. <laughs> I do not remember ever buying a baseball This isn't even in business pack. anymore, right? Is Kmart totally gone? Uh, no, I, I feel like I've seen one recently. I don't think they're totally gone. They're definitely limited, though. Okay. Jeremy Byers, why do people suck? <laughs> I think it's a He's solid He's alluding question. to the Facebook group because people are miserable on social media. It's how it is. In general, people are just miserable when they don't have to be personally accountable. I think that's, yeah, a big no part question. of it. Um, he does want to know what percentage of people are unbearable in the hobby for you gentlemen? Oh, for me? I mean, again, we deal with most people on social. Oh, 50, it's, 60, 80? I don't know. I did start thinking about it. I would say it's like maybe 20 to 30%, like, which is higher. scary high. Yeah. Um, in person, very little. Most people are awesome in person. That's but what the I mean. people on social who are like ripping you apart and making crap content, like tearing things up, they aren't going to card shows and hanging out with people. But that's what, and those so. are the loud, the loudest voices are right. probably like the minority. I hope so. That's, that's my dream. Danny Eaton, uh, can we get a rundown of Sauce Gardner prices? He's uh, being a cornerback. Would his injury affect? His pricing very much. Yeah, here's a, here's the deal with Sauce. He's a great player, but the injury again. Defensive players have a, they're like pitchers when they're hot and cruising. It's great. As soon as something negative happens, they drop way off a cliff. We can look into the actual pricing next week, but that's the problem with him. To, and then as a defensive player to build back takes forever. Like even this year, Micah Parsons stuff is down. Micah Parsons is awesome. He's just not having an LT type season like he did last year. Cody James, do you guys think with the increase in officially licensed products for college, excuse me, college basketball and football, that prospecting will ever be a thing in those sports? Or will the cards, when they go pro, still be the only ones that hold value? I think they'll always have some value. But yeah, I just think baseball is such a weird niche where we've been trained that prospecting is the way to go. It's the big auto. And I just don't think we're ever going to see that. Plus, when you prospect in baseball, you're still getting a pro uniform card to a degree as opposed to a college card. So, yeah, I just don't think we'll ever see it. Greg, fairness? Uh, CJ Stroud. Also, hang on, hang on. And one other thought, too. The other difference, too, is in baseball, once you get drafted, there's like multiple stages, single A, double A, triple A. It's like years of this kid. You could follow a whole career before the person ever plays in the majors. In basketball and football, it's like they get drafted, they play. So why, I don't have to wait you. I can just go get the actual officially licensed stuff from my pro team. That's the other big difference. Okay. Uh, Greg wants to know, CJ Stroud has been hot as of late. Sheesh, we didn't even talk about I this, dude. I have two big cards of him. Should I hold or sell now I'd sell, while he's hot? I, honestly, I would sell right now. I think that team is going to be good. That kid might end up being great. He set all the passing records yesterday for a rookie. He's having a crazy start to his year. Uh, and in clutch moments, too. That winning touchdown yesterday, which was a laser. I watched it happen live. Me and Ernest over at Bricks. Oh, Six seconds left, like the kid, he just gets it. Um, however, having said that, that team is not winning a playoff game this year. I don't think there's any chance. He is at an all-time high right now, coming off the hype of that game especially. I don't think there's anything wrong with selling him right now. And if you believe in him long-term, cool, just buy him back in the offseason. Joe Tall, non-QBs, do you think Justin Jefferson could be a good offseason buy if he is shut down for the year? I mean, kind of, but again, like Justin Jefferson has a strong market for a non-QB. I don't know whatever is going to push him over the top except for postseason success, and he plays in Minnesota. So I think it's a safe buy. I don't think there's a huge upside, sadly. Okay. Um, let's see. Kyle Riley Hart. Ooh, this is a little critique Ooh, here. Three names, too. Don't worry. Why is Mike so down on the Bengals defense? Last week was a terrible take on Purdy's performance against the Bengals. The Bengals have had one of the best defenses in the league. I don't even remember what my take was, but 
I mean, their defense is fine. I, I mean, I don't think it's anything all world. Um, Let me look here. I, th- I don't recall what you said exactly. I just remember when we were talking about the game 49. Oh, I mean, my, my one take was Purdy looked bad, but your defense can be good and him still be bad. He made throws across the field he normally doesn't make. He made throws into traffic. Great that your defense was there to make the plays. I thought Purdy looked terrible himself. It's not to say that they didn't look, you know, the defense wasn't also good. But I just thought he was bad. Um, like yesterday, though, you're at home. You let up 18 points to the Bills. Granted, I didn't watch this game. Just looking at the stats real quick. Josh Allen had 250 yards of touchdown and interception. I mean, the fact that you held him to 18 is a pretty effective defense. So, yeah, maybe the defense is better than I'm giving them credit for. The Purdy game, though, to me was he made he had, he had made terrible decisions as a quarterback. Uh, Marshall McKeever, do either of you have interesting stories or experiences in regards to getting an in-person autograph of an athlete or celebrity? No, actually. I don't, I'd never do it. I've gotten photos. I don't think I've gotten an actual autograph in person. Yeah, my... Pete Carroll, I say, take it back after your story. No, no, no. I was just going to say, I think um, my wife got me a Jennifer Lawrence and a uh, my mother-in-law got me... Oh, what's his name? Who was... Uh, Star Lord, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Yeah. Um, so not even your stories, though. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I, I'm trying to think. I've got these autos of recent celebrities, but other than like taking a picture with like Melissa McCarthy on his set of something, it was fun. Well, in 1998, Fanfare, Fan Fest, whatever it was called, the All Star Game was in Boston. They had the big Fanfare before it the whole weekend. Me, my dad, Russ, and Russ all went to that. I was wearing my Warwick Dunn Tampa Bay Bucks jersey because I loved Warwick Dunn. We ran into Pete Carroll, who was the coach of the Patriots. And I was like, hey, coach, can I have an autograph? He was super cool, like stopped. Like, by the way, I was like, what? And he sounded like angry. He's like, had a hell of a time trying to tackle you last week or whenever they had played Warwick Dunn. <laughs> I was like, oh. And then we just stood there awkwardly. He's like, okay, kid didn't get the joke. He walked away. But he was actually very, very kind. It took a minute. Uh, Clemens was a turd in person. Ruining Carroll's day. I did beat... Uh, Roger Clemens once. Oh, really? Yeah, but dude was a turd, man. Oh, that stinks. Um, Let's see. Kyle also wanted to know, with with Lorcana's upcoming restock, do you feel prices will begin to reflect MSRP, or do you think the resupply won't do much to accurately reflect the TCG's real value? I got sad news. It is starting to come down. Like, it just, it went from holding steady to, like, in the last maybe 48 hours or something like people on eBay are selling these boxes for, they were going for three fifty to 400 in some cases. I've seen some now going for like two thirty five, two sixty. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's it, this may just be a fluke. It may just be a handful of these sales and uh, it rebounds and it's also going to really depend on demand. Um, but we'll, we will find out in the next couple of days, especially over this holiday season, especially as guys start to get their product, my products finally coming in, I was told, uh, from the actual company that has it. So yeah, we're, we're all excited to uh, hopefully break it and use it and then sell it for, a are you actually amount. breaking? Or you just flipping it. I'm going to break at least one box okay. wherever we end up falling on the breaking platform goes. But other than that, yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna hold most of it and then sell a couple of them. Do you have any update on the breaking platforms I need to know about? I've been staying out of your way on this, so. No. Any breaking news? <laughs> any breaking, breaking news? Uh, no breaking, breaking news until hopefully later today. If not, I'm, I would say we just pull the trigger on, on one of these things, but. 
Are we still planning on launching like December 1st? Is that the goal? I would say so. I mean, at this point, like, I don't see why that can't be a thing that happens. So, yeah, we will find out officially where we're going to be breaking, despite any rumors to the contrary. We have no idea at this point. Um, but we've been solicited, and now we're talking. Okay. There cool. you go. Uh, that's the rest of your show. I think, don't you, did you talk to someone about joining the show on Thursday, or was that, like, in the ne- next coming weeks? Who? I don't know. I thought I saw somebody in the we Instagram had thing. Zach from PC joining two thirds. Oh, 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 Troy from DA Cards. That's right. Yeah, yeah. He didn't get back. He had to check with DA first. Oh, okay. Uh, so, anyways, we'll have some guests. Hopefully, more to your liking coming soon. Um, There's some big items going to consignment with PC Sports Cards. So Zach is going to join. Oh, nice. For before and after. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, we'll see what they do. All right, there you go. Hit them with the outro, bro. Sports Cards Nonsense brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network, powered by Spotify. See you back on Thursday. Goodbye. Bye.